Welcome everyone to the Mentium Matters podcast, where we talk about leadership, life, and the transformative power of mentoring. I'm Megan Cummings-Kruger, and today we will be talking with a dynamic CEO, public speaker, author, podcast host, and thought leader who is focused on helping individuals and companies identify and push past whatever is holding them back from achieving all that they're capable of. Now, before I begin my conversation with Jamie Tates, I want to share some of her background with you. Jamie's experience began in a corporate role at the largest privately held corporation in the world. 13 years into that journey, she was comfortably uncomfortable. Having held various leadership roles, Jamie came to realize that her strengths and approach would be better utilized outside of the corporate world. So in 2013, she launched Keystone Group International, which focuses on leadership development, organizational strategy, growth, and change. It is Jamie's belief that strong leadership and a change-resilient culture are the foundation for sustainable growth that drives her work with her clients. Not one to step around challenges, she helps leaders focus on their root challenges. As she puts it, stop mowing the dandelions, which I love that. Jamie pushes her clients to dig deep. She calls out issues in their businesses and she will never let them off the hook. In her free time, Jamie serves as a board member for several nonprofits, including the National Association of Women Business Owners and Playworks Minnesota. She has been named to Ings Magazine's 200 Top Female Founders list, a 100 Women to Know in America, and Twin Cities Business 2022 Notable Female Entrepreneurs, to name a few. So welcome, Jamie. I am delighted to have you uh, join us for what I know is going to be an engaging conversation. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So as I shared in my introduction, you began your career in the corporate world, but since then, your path has diverged into many different creative forms of expression with books, a podcast, your Keystone Group. So in looking at your career path, I really appreciated what one of your colleagues said in a recommendation of you, that you wandered purposefully. And so I'm interested to know, how does that look to you? As you look back on what got you to where you are today, do you see a common thread? Was it more of an evolution? I think it was intentional discovery. So I love that idea. I love that word wander, because I think a lot of us, and I just told you, I'm speaking to a group of entrepreneurs, students at the University of Minnesota after this. And, you know, I think students right now feel this pressure to to pick a degree and then that's going to be your life, right? That's going to be what you do. And very few successful people that I know that have gotten later in their careers are on the same path as when they started. And so it's this release of the pressure that we have to make one decision, right? And that's going to decide kind of the path that we're on for the rest of our lives. I like to think of of people's, you know, portfolio career as being a bit more like a jungle gym than a career ladder is how I describe it, because (laughs) there's going to be a little time on the tire swing, right? Maybe the slide may or may not like that part, but there's going to be parts that help you dig deep and figure out who you are. And so for me, that's the intentionality and the discovery, that curiosity. You know, I, I thought I, I got an IT degree and, and for anybody in IT, love you guys, but like nobody, I haven't done IT in 17 years. <laughs> I, had, I have nothing to do with IT. In fact, my team, we have IT issues at work. Like I don't even touch it. So I did IT because it was new and exciting and it was different and I wanted to be challenged. And then 
when that challenge was done, I wanted a different challenge. And I just think it's the curiosity to say, I'm, I'm a little comfortable right now. And what's that next challenge that I need that's going to just help me discover more of who I already am? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I've noticed this uh, whenever I've spoken with you or certainly read some of your quotes. As I listen to you, part of it also to my mind is not just the, the strategic thinking and, and evaluating in your perspective. You also have a wonderful handle on the power of language, words. You know, I loved how you were just talking about, I think you said portfolio journey and how that can really reframe things. So that segues me into my next question. And that is, I want to ask you about your second book, just published in June, has a great title, The Culture Climb, How to Build a Work Culture That Maximizes Your Impact. It's already a bestseller and it's receiving great reviews. Now in it, you captured what you've learned from all of your experiences. And there's two core insights in particular I would love to hear more about. One is that you talked about the reality. Most business problems are actually people problems. Yeah. And then the other thing you talked about, which is such a, a brief quote that really sticks with a person, and that is stuck is a great place to be. Mm -hmm. So would you share a little bit more about these crucial shifts in perspective? Yeah. So the first one, just that most you know business problems are, are people problems, doesn't mean that people are bad, right? That's So sometimes when people first read that out of context, it's like, oh, of course, it's the people, they're the problem. It's more around the leadership and how we're guiding people. If we really dig down to it, if we're having an issue in the business, if something isn't working as we planned, it's typically that someone's not following a process, right? We're not measuring the right things and driving the right behaviors, or someone just isn't clear. And so it gets down to the people piece at, at the lowest common denominator. And when we talk about digging to the roots, which you talked about earlier is, and so when we dig down to it, if, if we get more connected to the people as leaders, the people that work for us, the people around us, if we give clarity, right, and accountability, we typically have less people problems because people are super clear and the business tends to grow and scale with less pain. So not no pain because we're still humans and we still have feelings, but with less pain. And that's really what we're talking about when it comes to culture is to not overcomplicate it because it's really easy to get caught up in the complicated academic aspects, right? Theoretical idea of how big and complicated culture is. But when it comes down to it, it's how are we treating the people? right? How are we working with and empowering the people? So that's the first part. And then the stuck is a great place to be actually stems from my first book. And, and this idea that I wanted to normalize that feeling of being stuck. I think many of us, we, we feel it, we know what it feels like. It shows up in a lot of different ways in our lives and, and how it manifests, but it's normal. I just need to say that to people that if you're at a stuck point in your career, in your personal life, in anything right now, in, in your health journey, right? It can be a million different things. There's nothing wrong with you. That's part of the journey. So instead of looking at stuck as why is this happening to me? I want people to understand that look at stuck as why is it happening for me? What is it preparing me for? Because at each point in my career where I felt stuck, even when I decided to leave corporate, I didn't leave with this beautifully laid out plan and everything fell into place, you know, like, you know, puppies and unicorns. It doesn't happen that way. I was feeling super stuck and I just had to look at it as what is it telling me? It's telling me I need to be on a different path. 
what is that path and how do I start to venture down it? I don't need to have all the answers. And so I just think we need to start thinking about it differently because my, you know, mindset is 95% of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a powerful reframe because when you talk about, you know, thinking about stuck as being a great place to be, what does it offer you as a learning that is essentially taking the power back when a person oftentimes feels powerless. Correct. Correct. And power is not something someone can take from you. They can take a lot of physical, tangible things. They can, they can maybe take a job title, right. Or a career, those things can happen, but they don't take your power. It's not actually possible, right? We choose to let it diminish. And and even in, there's a beautiful statement in King quote, I'm not going to get it perfect. So, but he just, he talks about that optimism is a perfectly reasonable response to failure. You fall, something happens you weren't planning on. And in the next moment, you can be optimistic. You can push fear aside and you can stand in your power of what you know and what you're capable of. And oftentimes the external circumstances push us to think something different when really it's there all along. Yeah. Yeah. We have a a longtime mentor with us who often likes to say you either succeed or you learn. And it really, really gets at what you're talking about. And I know, so in essence, your first book, I think really was talking about your personal experience. And, and then the second book is really expanding it into a broader work culture kind of thing. And one thing I wanted to follow up on that with, because I think it's something I certainly know, I hear this from many mentees over my years with Mentium. Number one, everyone has taken a hit to their confidence. I mean, that is across the board, the last few years everyone's taken a hit to their confidence. And that, of course, you know, makes for more of a shaky foundation. But also, you know, people are needing to understand that they're not alone. You're talking about, you know, stuck is normal. That's, to my mind, I imagine as you were speaking about this with others, I imagine that that's part of the power of that concept is people emotionally recognizing they truly are not alone in their experiences. Yes. And a good data point for this is I have three speaking engagements in the next few weeks where this is what they want me to talk about. Right. I just wrote a book on culture. And when I'm coming in, they're saying people just need and culture is part of it. But people need to feel normal and, and to feel like there's other people that have been through this. Right. It's that resiliency muscle that we all need to build. And so it is a very important conversation right now. And one thing that has been really big for me. And just to be clear, and I share all of my personal stories, like to a fault in the first book. So if you really <laughs> want to learn from somebody who's been stuck a lot, read, read that book, because I'm, I'm pretty transparent about all the points where I've been stuck. And for me, it's about who I surrounded myself with in those points, at those hard points in my life, right? Did I reach out to the people that, you know, we're going to say, you should curl up in a ball. And yes, you have every right, right? To just sit in the, in the sucky parts right now. That's okay. You need those people, but what you also need is mentors. And a lot of what you guys do is you need people around you that are going to say, uh, uh, you're not staying here, right? This is not where you belong. Like this is just a a point in time, right? And your journey, it doesn't define who you are. And I think it's so important that when we feel that, and that's what a lot of people are feeling right now. And my recommendation to leaders is take a look at who you're around. Mm. And it doesn't mean there's bad people around you. It just means, are you adjusting and evolving the people that you're around to help you move forward from wherever you're at? And I think we get really comfortable. 
I couldn't agree more. And, and I really feel I've been 16 years with Mentium and I share often with mentees and mentors that I'm talking to. There's never been a better time, a more powerful time to have a mentor for many reasons. It's always, uh, it's always a good thing to have a mentor, but these days being able to have that external mirror being held up that is able to, as you know, reframe as you're talking about also help you uh, be maybe a little less hard on yourself. It's so crucial right now, right? Yes, absolutely. All right. So that brings me into my next question. I absolutely am looking forward to hearing about this creative outlet of yours that is your podcast. It's called Superpower Success. And you define superpowers as what makes each of us unique as leaders. So I have to start with the personal. And I'd love to ask you first, what have you realized are your superpowers? Yeah, it's, it's taken me a while to put words to it. So I think that's where most people get stuck is they want to just assign it a word. And the word doesn't matter as much as you really just understanding how it manifests, right? How it shows up on a day-to-day -day basis. So I'll give you the words that I use to describe. So my first superpower is I'm a maximizer. And it's taken me many, many years to figure that out. But what I realized is even through my corporate career, I was the fixer. So I would be brought into a team maybe that needed to be built back up or that was struggling. And I have a way, and I do this now with our clients, right? With, with large corporations of saying, these people are in the wrong seat, right? Or we need to adjust to kind of maximize the output, whether it's from the humans or the business results. And so I just have this innate ability. I don't actually, I don't know where it came from, but I know I see things and I see further down the path than other people do and the dots connecting. So I call that maximizer. And then my second superpower is empathy. So I have a lot of people have empathy. I have like intuition on a, on another level where I can walk into a room of people I've never met before. I can be on a call and I can read, I just am really, really good at reading the room, which allows me to build trust quickly. Mm. It's a huge benefit for our clients because we go deeper, faster, right? We, we mold the dandelions, we go way deep and, and kind of dig up the roots instead of mowing them. And so what I've learned is there's a lot of strengths I don't have. <laughs> And so I've surrounded myself with people who have those, but I built my entire business around my strengths. How can I live into those, whether it's for my team, whether it's for our clients, or it's developing content for other people, right, to go serve our clients. And so that to me is what success is, is, is living into what your superpowers are, because that's when your energy is highest. That's when you're having the biggest ripple effect in a positive way to other people. And so that definition of success has nothing to do with the awards and everything you mentioned in my bio, because that's not a day-to-day -day thing. Those are great, but that's not success. Right? Yeah. It's, it's how you live into your superpowers, which is the whole point of the podcast is to share the stories of other mm -hmm. leaders and other people and, and what they look at as their superpowers, because I think that helps us see ourselves yeah. in them and maybe see our superpowers a little clearer. And I'd like to follow up because I know a lot of listeners are in the, the that place before recognition of superpowers. And so I'd love to hear maybe a little reflection on what helped you on your path. I know there's certain tools like strengths finder tools yep. that look at what, how we are innately versus accrued knowledge. For you on your path, what helped you recognize and then kind of put words around what your superpowers yeah. There's two primary things I recommend that helped me. And again, these hopefully will help others. The first one is I did an energy journal. So, and I recommend this to a lot of leaders, pick a two week period of time, 
carry a little notebook around with you and, and really log your energy throughout the day, right? I went into that meeting. I came out low energy. I went into that conversation. I came out and my blood pressure was up and my heart was beating and I felt right energized. Like there, there's that level of energy. We all know what that feels like. What's happening when you're doing those things. Right. So for me, I started to realize it was when I was in the really messy stuff with a client where they could not see through the dirty windshield. They're like, oh, my gosh, we everything feels like it's broken. And I could see it. Right. I could see that moment. And I was I was leading them there because they needed to get there. And I would come out and literally it would be like I just had caffeine. Right. My heart was beating fast. I was my brain was buzzing. And for me, that was like, okay, what am I doing when that's happening? Cause that's high energy, right? That's the energy that you omit. And so for me, it was, it was starting with that. And then the second thing I did is I went out to the people I respected the most, right? The clients to my team, to people that knew me and said, what words would you describe? Just describe what you think my superpowers are, because what happens is other people typically see our superpowers before we see them right? Even your spouse and your kids and, and your, your parents can see them because what we recognize in other people are things we don't have. Yeah. So I very much can recognize superpowers in others now because it's something that typically I lack and I respect them, right? For where that strength or superpower is in them. Wow. First off, the energy journal, I've never heard that idea and it makes so much sense to me. And then, you know, I also appreciate in reaching out and getting that feedback, there really is an act of courage or an act of vulnerability, which I guess yeah. is the same. I know a lot of listeners are familiar with all the amazing work Brene Brown has done on that vulnerability, but it, it sounds like you would agree that in a leadership journey, in a life journey, vulnerability is an important ingredient, it sounds like. It's to success. It's probably the biggest ingredient because until you can truly just be okay, right? With what it is and, and how you need to grow and change. I think it's really tough to get to true success. You can get to success that the external world calls success, which is awards and, but it can feel very empty. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, that's not true success. True success is I feel full, right? I feel, I feel like my bucket is filled regardless of who's giving what awards, right? Or what magazine you're on. It, th- those types of things are, are really kind of, they're just empty success. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, so then having said all that about your own personal experience, I would love to hear, you know, I did go out and I listened to several of your episodes and I highly recommend superpower success, just dynamic conversations. So it's a great podcast, but I I would love to hear from you. Uh, You've been doing this for a while. What are some of the ahas that have come from your podcast experiences? Just talking about these concepts with other really dynamic people. Yeah. So I've been doing it for six and a half years, which is crazy to me. So you do a podcast, right? It's, it's a labor of love, right? You don't do a podcast, we've, we've turned down, you know, people want us to do ads and all of these things. That's not the purpose of it. It's still a labor of love and I'll keep doing it until it isn't that anymore. But what it really is, is it's just a way to fuel my curiosity and to fill my bucket because every single guest I have on is just someone I want to learn from. And I joke on some of the podcasts that I'm like, you're welcome. You know, you just get to listen to what, where I want to learn. Right. And you you get to benefit (laughs) from the conversation, but I truly believe that it's that innate curiosity about, you know, what has someone's journey been like? Because I think again, when you hear someone's journey and you see that it's the jungle gym and not this perfect career ladder, it makes me feel normal. 
And mm-hmm. so a lot of the podcast is about that. Let's tell people's journeys. Let's tell their stories, the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? And then, and then celebrate their success on the other side and where they've gotten to, because I think that inspiration on a tough day is what we all need to keep going. And so I want it to be that. I want it to be very unproduced. You know, I, I, we get the feedback that it just feels like I'm sitting at coffee with you and the person that you're interviewing, right? We want it to feel very um, natural like that. And and so as long as it keeps being like that, I'll keep doing it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're capturing exactly the essence of what we love about our podcast as well. So I'd love to know one or two stories that come to mind, things that stuck with you from your podcast experiences. Oh my gosh. It's like asking me to pick my favorite kid, <laughs> um, to pick my favorite, favorite podcast guest. You know, there's just the stories I think that have been most impactful to me are stories of true rags to riches, right? Underdog kind of stories. There's so many successful people that you would be shocked at how they started out, right? What life handed them before the age of 10, Right? Mm. that easily could have knocked them back, right? And put them on a path and a cycle that they would not have achieved the level of success that they've achieved. But every time I hear these stories, it just reminds me that that success muscle is actually built in hardship. The most mm. successful people on the planet, even famous people that you know, have typically underwent some pretty significant hardship in their life that has helped ground them. And so for me, it's those stories, right? It, it's the Nate Randalls who, who is the, the founder of Gab Wireless and, you know, his mom dying when he was young and having no, right. And he tells his whole story and now he's the CEO of this organization that is a business, but that gives back like unbelievably. So, so go listen to his story. Um, it's stories like Amanda Brinkman, which was like way back. Actually, I'm going to have her back on because it's been so long, but you know, of just doing well by doing good and how she's worked with businesses to help them create better impact in the, in the organizations and the history and her story, right. That got her there. Um, so I like, I don't go back and listen to all the podcasts because I can't bear to hear myself talk but what I do but I am impacted I mean Amanda's was probably five years ago and I still think about that conversation right I still think about the impact she had on me and sharing her story and so I think it's we just need to know more of each other's stories and I think it could solve a lot of the problems that we're dealing with in this world Yeah, I could not agree more. Absolutely. And that is, I think, uh, the essence, the specialness of podcasts is being able to uh, sit in on conversations and hear those personal stories. It really does come down, you know, to hearing the story and then the power, the impact that it has on each of us, right? Yeah, absolutely. So before I let you go, two final questions that I I would love to hear the answer to. My first is kind of that catch-all as far as any final advice you want to share with up-and-coming leaders. So typically it's that, what do you know now that you wish you'd known then that we haven't touched on? What other messages would you like to, this is kind of a collective mentoring experience. And so what else would you like to share with the group? I, I think to sum up, the message I'd like to share is and it, I was, it's from a Simon Sinek said this in a podcast and I share it a lot because it was, it was this moment in time, so simple, but it really impacted me. 
is he said he gets the question, right? Start with why and all of these things. And he gets the question from leaders a lot that like, I'm really working on me, but I see these other leaders and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm seeing the struggle because they aren't working on themselves or they're not the leaders they need to be to, to lead that area. And his response to these leaders was, don't worry about them, right? When you work on you and you become a better leader, you automatically create a ripple effect to the people around you. And so I think it's such an important message because a lot of us may be working in organizations where the culture is not where we want it to be. Or, you know, we feel like we're really in tune with our leadership superpowers and we're trying to be conscious leaders. And we see some other leaders that aren't. Don't be distracted by that, right? You be the best leader you can be and know that you are going to have an impact sideways up and down in the organization, people will be drawn and they will be influenced and you will be modeling what they want to be. And so that's really my message is listen to podcasts like this, right? But focus on yourself and what you can do to be better because it will impact other people. Yeah. Yeah. It really reminds me of the serenity prayer, which there's been times in my life I've used as a mantra. It reminds me also of one of my favorite quotes which is don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive. Yes. Because what the world needs is more people who've come alive. Maya Angelou. Yes. Yeah. Tell me what is one of your favorite mottos or quotes? So, so that is one. I actually posted that just a, a month or so ago on LinkedIn with just a realization because I think that is so important. And I'm glad you brought that up because I'm going to bring it up to the budding entrepreneurs that I'm speaking with here. <laughs> My favorite is probably, and, and many people have heard this, but I think about it a lot is the two most important days in your life mm. are the day you were born and the day you find out why. Um, and I just believe we're all on a path to purpose. Some of us have events in our lives earlier in an earlier age that help us find it. Some of it's, it takes us a while longer. And I feel like, you know, every day my gut check for myself is I'm circling around it, right? It's like, I'm on the, like, I can feel it and I know it's close, but I'm not there yet. I'm still searching for mine. Like I know what direction I'm moving in and I kind of know what it is but I'm not fully there. And I know there'll be a moment where I know that that's is what it is, but it's a constant journey, but it's so important for our own life fulfillment and for us to be the best parents, spouses, leaders that we can be is you have to be in constant search of that. Yeah. Yeah. You're such a great representation of the mentoring mentality. You know, those words of uh, constant curiosity, uh, continuous learning. These are those, those themes that always run through all mentors. Jamie, thank you so much for such a thought-provoking conversation. You know, your honest human approach really aligns with the essence of mentoring, you know, creating shifts in perspective that lead to our own insights and our own ahas. And I will also add, your clarity and your structure really goes far in making it feel doable. <laughs> and that really helps ensure that we actually can realize the change that we want to see in ourselves and in our cultures. And I think that's part of the power of your message. Thank you so much. Absolutely. I also want to thank all of our listeners for joining us for this Mentium Matters podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share it with your friends and colleagues. If you're interested in additional resources, you can find our show notes on the Mentium website. We look forward to having you join us for our next inspiring episode.